Welcome to The District, a podcast about politics and culture from the spectator world. I'm your host, Teresa Moll, and I'm joined today by Tim Benson. He's a senior policy analyst in the Government Relations Department at the Heartland Institute. But more importantly, for our purposes today, he is Florida man, or <laughs> a Florida man. Tim, <laughs> welcome to the show. Yeah, so our topic today is all things Florida, Florida politics, Florida weather, you are in the midst of a hurricane, hurricane season, I guess, which we can thank global warming for, or I guess Florida or hurricane season's a little late this year, so not global warming. Let's start there. What's going on with hurricane season and how do people live somewhere that like six months out of the year, you could just be like biblically wiped off the face of the earth. You're just like, oh yeah, I could just lose all my belongings in my house and my life today. You know, it's just like. Well, that's only going to happen if it's like a cat five or maybe like a very strong cat four, which are very uncommon. But now hurricane season runs technically till the end or the end of October, beginning of November, or maybe the end of November. I don't know. But usually once you get to like October 1st, then you're pretty much good. This, this storm we're having, or part of the state's going to have now, that's actually pretty late in the year for a hurricane. But it's only supposed to be like a cat one when it makes landfall. But it's supposed to make landfall like five hours away from where I am. So I won't get anything more than some rain and maybe a little gusty wind. But that's about it. I was talking to a friend about Florida the other day, a fellow Pennsylvanian. And I think most people are pretty you know, biased to the place that they live. If they choose to live there, they live there for a reason. And then, you know, they get pretty defensive of it. So obviously that's how I feel about Pennsylvania and that's how you feel about Florida. So I respect that. But I just came back from a trip to Florida where I followed around an alligator trapper for several days and realized that like... That's right. You were down in like Naples. Naples yeah. But I realized that like there's a lot of animals in Florida that are intent on eating you. Yep. Like alligators are really scary. There's like crazy rattlesnake problem. There's like poisonous cane toads. There's just like a lot of dangerous stuff. And then you have really scary weather and it's pretty hot and swampy. So please explain to me Florida. And then the middle part of the state's like wild, crazy hopelies. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So first things first, weather. Well, yeah, the weather kind of sucks in the summertime. It's I think I think my dad was telling me we had something like 80 consecutive days over 90 degrees in a row. Like we just broke it. There was like a day where it didn't. It got to like 88. But yeah, so the summers are swampy and brutal. But then in the fall it starts, you know, obviously getting nice. And then winter and early spring is fantastic. You know, all you guys are under mounds of snow and it's gray on end for like a week and you don't see the sun for like three or four days in a row and you're all depressed and full of snot and sick (laughs) and all fat from staying inside and not having, you know, being able to go out and exercise and do cool stuff that, you know, we're out on the beach and drinking rum runners and, you know, doing fun Florida man stuff, bath salts, <laughs> all, you know, get arrested on the reg and all that sort of stuff. You do stuff. provide entertainment for the other 49 states. It's like, so thank you for that. Yeah. Well, see, part of that, the whole Florida man thing, most of that comes from Florida sunshine laws, which was something that was passed back in the early 90s, maybe like 1990, 1991, that basically anybody can have free access to any 
government, Florida state government document or city or county document in the state or any proceedings or something like that. So which includes arrest records. So how the Florida man thing started coming about was because all the local papers and stuff would, you know, troll the arrest reports every week and find, you know, crazy stories of mostly dudes, occasionally women doing ridiculous stuff. And, and, but because all that stuff is open access, they could report on it. And so that's all that got into, got into being. So, I mean, most other states would have that sort of stuff too, if you could actually, you know, have access to all those arrest reports and things like that. But having said that, there is definitely something a bit off in the in the population down here. There's, there's definitely a little bit of like it's not just the, it's not just the sunshine report, the sunshine law. It's uh, there's definitely a screw loose or two in Florida with a lot of people. But that's just probably because we get all sorts of you know transients and weird asses from every other state that moves here. So. Yeah, it seems really fascinating mix of people. You have obviously a lot of snowbirds. You have people retiring there. You have like some really, really, really rich people there. You have the Donald Trumps of the world. You have a lot of immigrants. You have those native-born hillbillies, for lack of a better word, which I love hillbillies. I consider myself one. So yeah, Florida is really a snapshot of kind of America as a whole. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Like there's there's a bar about half a mile from my house, which is right on, it's literally right on the beach. And it's still one of those bar. It's one of those bars. They don't serve food. So in Florida, if it's a bar that doesn't serve any food, you can like still smoke in it. So it's one of those like smoky dive bars and they serve really, really, uh, these really great rum runners, which you can just like, you know, walk up to from the beach and, you know, grab a couple to go and take them on the beach and stuff. But like the clientele of this place is like, so, like weirdly unique, like it's like this mix of like surf bros and like fishermen and like rednecks and like just like old like drunks and like hood rats, like legit like gangbanger like hood rats and like, you know, just like regular, just like college kids who like when they're home for like the summer or like on break, they always go there. <laughs> so it's just like this weird mix. And libertarian policy advisors for a think tank. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. And, and yeah, libertarian, well, I'm not a libertarian, but, but yeah, degenerate think tank employees. But yeah, so like everyone like goes there to like drink and everyone's sort of different and everybody gets along. There's never like any, like violence or anything like that, like that kind of bar. Like, and it's just this weird melange of people like, all right, for exist, for example, I went there like a month ago with a buddy of mine who's Jamaican and it was with him and his cousin, his wife, his sister, and then a friend of the family. So it was basically like me, five Jamaicans. All right. Well, me, four Jamaicans and one, like a regular, like American, black person but you know not like a not from like the caribbean or anything and so we go to this bar and (laughs) as soon as we got there there was like these two venezuelans 
at the bar who like came up and started hitting on the girls and, but they just spoke no English. They like, were just like hitting on this man. One of the Venezuelans was like wearing a cowboy hat. And so I had to like quasi translate what I could like translate out of Spanish into English to them and then translate back into Spanish for the Venezuelans who were probably not here legally. They might've been on that flight to Martha's Vineyard. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so it's just this like weird, crazy mix of, you could probably write a book about the place, about just how many different, it's just a very unique hodgepodge of people. And uh, that's sort of like what Florida is in a nutshell, basically. It's just all sorts of random weirdos from wherever, you know, just hanging out on the beach. Well, that sounds like the perfect place to go and take like an ABC poll about the future of America, your satisfaction with Joe Biden's approval, all that good stuff. So were you to do that at this bar and take it as a a good snapshot of Florida as a whole, what is your perception as a Florida person? You've been living in Florida for a long time now about Ron DeSantis, his leadership Floridian support for him. Same thing with Marco Rubio, Matt Gaetz. You have a lot of <laughs> power players, lots of Florida men, I would say. <laughs> well, they're always in the headlines. They're influential. They are always, you know, they're outspoken people. So what's what's the deal? Yeah, well, I don't, well it seems like it's not like I go around just be like, you know, how do you do, fellow Floridian? What do you think about Ron DeSantis? Or, you know, that sort of thing. But it seems like from like the polls or everything and just general conversation, it seems like he'll probably win re-election. I think that's pretty obvious at this point. It just sort of depends on how big his margin's going to be. I'm sure he's going to try to make it as big as possible. And I'm sure Trump is probably going to try to make it as little as possible if he wants to run again. But he seems to be generally, like I said, he's going to probably get re-elected. So generally favorable among a majority of Floridians. You know, obviously the Democrats hate him, but they hate everybody. I don't, you know, they don't really don't they don't really talk about Rubio anymore. I don't know if they still hate Rubio, but they probably do. But you really don't hear much about little Marco. I saw, a, I think it was on Drudge that his election is a nail biter. It's really close. Is it? No, oh, I haven't. Well, I don't know. I just saw my first two Val Demings for Senate signs last week. I haven't seen any Rubio yet, but I've only seen. I've seen a ton of DeSantis like signs everywhere and Trump and stuff, but I haven't seen any Rubio. I just saw it might've been the same house and they might've just had two signs. And I don't know, but, but anyway, I think Rubio will probably win. Well, I I think generally if the Republicans are going to just, if everything like keeps sucking until November, I think that's going to be enough to carry a lot of Republicans over the, over the line on election day. Yeah. Are the dynamics in Florida changing as far as I know there's been an influx of people in recent years, especially since COVID, moving down to Florida? Or is that a lot of I know there's always been second homeowners who only spend a few months there in the winter. They wanna, you know, there's no income tax in Florida, so they might have their business there, quote unquote, but they don't actually live there and they don't vote there, maybe. Um so is that something that you've seen? Well, I mean, it remains to be, I'm not really sure how much with people, I know there was a big rush, people moving down here during the pandemic, like 2020, 2021, just to, you know, so they could actually live 
and go places without, you know, having to be masked and that sort of stuff. So I don't know how much that's going to affect the election or even if, you know, just because people are moving from New York or New Jersey or Pennsylvania or Massachusetts down here doesn't mean it's like, oh, well, you know, here come all these, you know, libs from the Northeast that are going to come and, you know, vote that way because, because uh, obviously not everybody who lives in those states are Democrats, you know, a solid like 40, I'd say probably 40% of people in the Northeast are Republicans. So probably a significant number of them moving down here. But yeah, but Florida has been trending red for a long time. It was purple, you know, fairly purple state for years. And it's just been, seems like it's, uh, it's just been like treading redder and redder as time goes on. I know, like I said, DeSantis barely squeaked out his election for Andrew Gillum a couple of years ago, but I mean, Florida hasn't had a Democratic governor since Lawton Childs, and that was back in the early 90s, mid 90s. So, you know, ever since Jeb Bush on, it's all been Republican governors. I mean, Charlie Crist was, you know, technically a Republican then when he was governor. You know, and the state house has been in Republican hands for just about the same amount of time. So, I mean, presidential elections are a little, little different, but at the state level, at least, it's safe to say that Florida isn't a, a purple state anymore. And it might, we'll see what happens in 2020 and 2024, or 2024, and then, or this year in 2024. But it might be a point, it might get to a point in the next two election cycles where Florida is just completely out of play for Democrats going forward. And, you know, that's a big deal considering, you know, we're now the third most populous state in the country and we're continuing to grow. So, um, you know. What lessons can Florida teach other states that want to have such a strong red concentration? <laughs> what, what, what has your state done to win over voters or attract Republicans or just, you know, is it strong leadership? Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, you're going to attract people here just because of the weather and the, you know, the no income tax, but, you know, property taxes are still fairly high. Uh, you know, my property taxes are friggin' up the butt, but you know, it's just, uh, it's just been, like I said, it's been a gradual thing. So it's just been good governance over a continued period of time from Jeb Bush onward that, you know, people, people who aren't, you know, movement conservatives or, you know, or who don't really, or people that don't even really like think about politics at all for the most part, which is like most people. I know everyone thinks that like who listens to podcasts and pays attention to this stuff that like everyone sort of thinks like them. And for the most part, most people don't like eight out of 10 people do not give a shit whatsoever about like what happens or what goes on. So, I mean, but for the most part, they just see what they sort of see, you know, just in their daily lives and, you know, what they have to deal with. And, you know, Florida's provided, uh, you know, the governor's provided good leadership, the, at the state level, for the most part, uh, their representatives provide good leadership. Um, you know, they have certain programs like the, you know, Florida, I think Heritage Foundation just released its Education Freedom Report Card, and Florida was number one in that. You know, a lot of families in Florida make use of school choice programs down here to get their kids, you know, into, you know, out of the public school where they're 
where they're zoned or where their kid would be going to school and getting them, you know, someplace where they feel more comfortable getting their child educated. So all that sort of stuff. And then just, again, like the hurricane stuff, you know, when hurricanes happen, when we have some sort of quote unquote natural disaster, um, the response from the state is usually you know, pretty good, pretty effective. Um, and, uh, people see that and, uh, you know, so that plays into it. And the other thing is uh, part of it, you know, it's just like Democrats have just sort of like gone bananas, you know, in the last half a decade with all like the, uh, the woke nonsense and all that. And people who are normally would be sympathetic to the Democrats on an economic argument, you know, to vote for someone, you know, for a Democrat or just, you know, they see what comes out, <laughs> you know, all the, the social issue stuff that the Democrats are just, you know, with the, the trans nonsense and everything. And, and people are just like, nah, that's just a, a bridge too far for me. But I don't know. It's weird. Like how it's like shifted, like down here over time. Like I remember. So basically like when George Bush was president, like all so like of my like friend group, like all of my friend group who like went to college and graduated from college were all Republicans. And like all my friend group who like didn't go to college, like just had like, you know, high school diplomas and whatnot. They, they were all Democrats. And then like, you know, 20 years later, now all my college friends are just all Democrats practically because mostly because of Trump and they don't want to like be, you know, cause they're all bougie and shit and they don't want to look all like, icky, you know, Trump supporter. And then all my, like my non-college friends are all like Republicans now, like hardcore Republicans. And I don't, I'm mostly not because of, I don't know if Trump had much to do with it, but I, but just because I think probably because the left has just sort of gone, like I said, bananas, you know? So despite Florida man and all of those stereotypes about your state, it's actually a pretty smart level-headed place to live and be. And Sounds like sounds like you have a great bar and yeah. Oh, there's plenty. Of, there's tons of great bars. I can talk about bars all day. No, but yeah, it's uh, it's really really well governed. You know, it's. I mean, I wouldn't personally like. I wouldn't live here if I wasn't living. I, I don't see the point living here if you're not like pretty close to the beach. You know, like if you have to drive like half hour, forty minutes to the beach, then I'd probably be living in another state just because it's so gross in the summertime. But like, you know, so the, the, the negatives outweigh the benefits if you're not close to the beach, but uh, other people love it. But yeah, it's, it's just, like I said, the weather's great. People for the most part are friendly, weird, but friendly, not everybody, but a lot of people. I mean, but yeah, it's got a lot, it has a lot to recommend it, which is why everyone's moving here. So, which is nice, you know, feel free to move down and, you know, buy some houses and, you know, increase property values. That would, uh, that helps me. My, I was just literally, this is pretty crazy. I was just checking on Zillow. I bought a house two years ago, not even two years ago, 20 months ago, 21 months ago. And according to Zillow, if I were to sell my house today, I could get, or basically the price of my house has risen by like 78% in less than two years. Yeah. So yeah, keep moving down here. Let's gentrify a lot of places and 
make things nicer and bring up property values. And uh, so that way I can uh, retire earlier and, uh, you know, and move to a nicer house on the beach. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of The District, don't forget to subscribe. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Spectator World is the American edition of the world's oldest magazine. To read more content on similar topics, please visit spectatorworld.com.